But it's still technically summer, so it could be 90 next week. Ugh, gross. But I guess I guess I guess next week it's September, right? So yeah. I don't know. I'm going to get coffee after this, and I'm gonna probably get something pumpkin. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I want something pumpkin. I can't wait till this is the season when I just like taste test all the pumpkin beer at Trader Joe's <laughs> <laughs> and pretend like like they're different, but they're all just good. I I used to do that and then I realized that like just drinking two it, like pumpkin beer is like fun for like one. Uh, for- to have like one and then if you have like a bunch Oh, all of a bunch. Oh. Just, just give me give me all of them. Give me a bucket. I'll take it. I just feel like my mouth is like dry after having like <laughs> two. Any any like fall shit, all that kitschy like ha- Halloweeny pumpkin whatever, like give it to me. True. I'll, <laughs> I'll do a line of it. I'll snort it. <laughs> it's funny. My I'm ready. my girlfriend thinks she might come out for Halloween. So she's been telling me, like, find out what weekend people are going to go out, and I'll, and she's like, Oh, yeah, yeah. isn't Halloween on, like, a Wednesday? Yeah, so it's complicated this year. (laughs) But but also, like, I'm kind of like, I hope it's the weekend before, but I don't really know, but. I think events happen on both weekends. Yeah. When that happens. I, I think that more so mid to late 20s it's the weekend before Mm -hmm. i think college it's both weekends though that's probably true yeah so but i don't know i i'm gonna like start surveying surveying people because girlfriend's gotta book her flight no what you do is you celebrate halloween starting september 1st and you don't stop until December 31st. That's kind of what I'd like to do, but I don't think my girlfriend can come out for, for four months. Just, well, <laughs> hey, I need to take a, a leave of absence at work. I'm observing Halloween. I'm very religious. Exactly. It takes three months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's so inappropriate to be talking about Halloween and it's August. Uh, and I it's, love it. Um, ironically, when people are like, "Oh, it's getting colder out," I'm like, "Shut up! Like, be thankful. This is a good thing." <laughs> so, so with a lot of the episodes, when I choose to upload, I I'll usually upload them if there's something. Uh, like close that I could like tie it into not always but sometimes so like for for I I also listen to like the topical things we talk about at the beginning um so like in what in the whiz episode that'll probably go up soonish I don't know um Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about Halloween for some reason 
When, I don't remember when we recorded that. I don't either. Um, I should because I have to go through and like see the like the the raw file name is just like the day that we record on. Mm-hmm. But so like at one point I say I'll I'll put this up around Halloween and I'm like I don't know why we even said that but like yeah so and like I don't listen through the whole way to everything so I'm just like I skip around and then I hear yeah maybe Halloween's coming you know and I'm like all right well guess this is a Halloween episode I forget that we've been doing this for the for enough like holidays that we've we may have passed halloween at some point but we're not even sure there there's so many banked and they're all kind of randomly chosen when they upload right for the most part i mean you know if like i said if there's something topical i could tie something to i'll do it but sure yeah so like yeah i don't know been been doing the podcast for a while now I guess so. Yeah. Um, but it's Halloween every day. Every day is Halloween. This, welcome to Burger a Day Halloween podcast. There's Oops. flannel on my on my back. There's flannel in my heart. I wear a black <laughs> shirt just about every single day. So. so there we go. Usually not when we record because usually I put workout clothes on. <laughs> today, today is an exception. Today's a special day. We're talking about a, a very Halloween-y movie. Singing, Singing in the, in the Rain. rain. Um, which I had never seen before. Really? Never. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, though. I, like, Good. I was very pleasant. I'm glad you did. Surprised. <laughs> um, Good. Had you seen this going into it? Yeah, like many times, I think. At least several. Um... Yeah, and one of the things that I realized watching this is that I'm much more familiar with it than I thought I was. Yeah, I think that's probably true of, like, every American who has ever... Like, it's... Moments in this that, like, not just the famous, like, Singing in the Rain number, but, like... There are, like, subtle references that are just kind of everywhere. Yeah. That just, like, never went away. This movie is so iconic that, like, people have heard of a lot of things that they didn't realize were from this. Well, so, interestingly enough, uh, one of the things I found out doing my research, I think that this movie popular, uh, at least musically, I think this movie Mm -hmm. popularized a lot of things. Um but I don't think, but I think that a lot of, most of these songs weren't written specifically for this. Right. Um, I, I think I read there were only two original numbers that were written for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, watching it and hearing like, good morning, good morning. I'm like, oh, cool. I know that. Or like, make them laugh. I'm like, oh, I know that too. Yeah. So everyone knows these songs, or at least a handful of these songs. Yeah. And the whole reveal at the end where they open the curtain and reveal that uh, the Lena Lamont character has been a a sham this whole time is, you know, also like something that's copied and like parodied in media 
pretty frequently. Absolutely. So oh, yeah. yeah. But it's I mean, it's iconic for a reason. It's yeah. it's so good. It's yeah. just good. There This is one of those movies that like it's there is so much in it. Like there's so the production value is so good and there's so much hard work going into it that the plot doesn't really matter, but it really does. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to matter. Uh, because I could watch tap dancing for two hours yeah. straight, which and I yes, also found out is old. Numbers don't matter. Oh, they like d- in terms of forwarding the plot, they just don't matter. I mean, to to be totally honest, uh, a lot of things don't make sense in this movie, like sure. on a plot level or or anything really. But like you know, it, otherwise it was. I was like, oh, you know, I. I've kind of suspended my disbelief and I don't care. Yeah, they could reshoot a whole movie in six weeks. Yeah. Why not? You know, and like, it's just like a feel good movie. There's not a whole lot to say about it, I think. I mean, it's definitely an important movie. Like, yeah. it's, um, I actually, I had to, in college, I took a class on sound theory and, this was one of the required movies we had to watch in class. And I remember there was a guy in my class who had never seen it before and had no interest in seeing it. And he was sitting in the front of the class on his phone the entire time, like the really bright light on his Uh, phone in the front. And afterwards he was like, that was really like not that good. I don't really see what you guys see in it. I was like the disrespect how dare you? You can have an opinion, but not well, I, only if you watched it. Yeah, you didn't I, watch it. I, I could see if someone didn't like this for one reason or another. You know, if you hate musicals, this is the most musically musical. Like, Oh, yeah. I'm not saying you have to like this movie, but you have to watch it yeah. to say you don't like it. Yeah. And I don't think he watched it. I was I saw him. I saw that little fluorescent you watched like, him not orb watch in his hands. <laughs> Admittedly, I've done that. I've done that with some movies on this podcast. Oh, I'm sure. I'll totally admit to it where if there's something and I've, like, checked out and I'm like, I don't yes, like... Yes, there's a difference between this and glitter. That's, that's true. I think. <laughs> that's true. And this, this is something that I was excited to watch because I, like I said, I'd never seen it. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I kind of, like... This is kind of a dumb point of reference, but I think that I've just been thinking it recently. But it's kind of like, this is a little bit like, what I imagine, you know, I'm not going to say it, it's stupid. What? <laughs> I would, well, because like, I think just because I'm, I'm a fucking idiot Quentin Tarantino fan that's been thinking about this a lot since I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm like... I have not seen it yet. Oh, really? It's so good. Okay. I, I highly recommend it. When I when I first saw it, I was like, you know, it kind of feels like a sequel to La La Land. Yeah. Um, just sort of in the way that, like, La La Land is very optimistic about uh, Hollywood and you know, about starting your career and then once upon a time is a little bit like the middle ground of your career. 
mm-hmm. um, and like not being so sure. This kind of feels like the third in that trilogy, even though it came first, where it's like, okay, cool, we figured out how to revitalize careers and leave certain careers behind. <laughs> the the trilogy that the that, connections were that I've drawn. <laughs> Yeah. For me. Just put them all out of order. Yeah, you know. The movie that really, really comes to mind is uh, the absolute masterpiece, uh, the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> Which I've also <laughs> never seen. A, a gem. Iconic. Fantastic. A similar, you know, like, this is the real singer reveal happens. Oh, okay. Also fantastic. Um... But it's not her. It's the uh, the shitty Italian boyfriend who tries to like trick her into replacing this pop star. But then her and the pop star become best friends and sing together, and and he leaves. It's a feminist masterpiece. Anyway, <laughs> it's a similar it's a similar tone. I'll be totally honest. I don't know if I've ever seen an episode of Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> you should. Uh, Never too late. It's, I'm it's, sure it holds up. It's restarting, so uh, I know I heard they're rebooting it. So, so uh, now get on that. So catch up. I guess now is the time. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of famous examples that have copied that format. I can't off the top of my head now <laughs> because. Well, I mean, like I I mean, like every uh, we're gonna make you a star movie. Yeah. Sort of borrows from this Yeah. Thing. This whole thing. Like, I mean, I think this movie does it incredibly well and yeah. perfect it. Um, better than when this happens in real life. Oh, I'm sure. With like Ashley Simpson and Kiss and other people that lip sync. Well, I mean, Debbie Reynolds lip syncs in this movie. That's true also. I also, in doing my research, I read that there's that Gene Hagen is dubbing Debbie Reynolds when she's dubbing Gene Hagen. I think that's true of some of the dialogue. Yeah. But in the singing, it's a third person entirely. Right. Uh, which is very confusing, and I'm glad we don't really do that anymore. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I I think this was, like, a common practice up until, like, even the 90s. Like, in a lot of Disney movies, they would have a separate person for the singing and the dialogue. Yeah. Um, but then they decided, like, let's just hire one person who can do both. Um, I'm sure it's... Well... <sighs> It's happened past the nineties too now that because I that happened with uh what's it called? High school musical. Yeah, but the high school musical might as well be the nineties. Yeah. It exists in its own pocket of time. I know it was like two thousand six, but it was a TV movie, so it was automatically ten years behind. Yeah. I mean I'm well. It's not necessarily common practice. I wouldn't be shocked to see that that happen somewhere again at some point yeah. soon. Um, at least just for specific stuff. Um, but yeah. I think now it's like kind of charming when, uh, or like people think it. I mean, like La La Land, people were like, "It's so realistic. Like they can sing, but like they're not 
perfect. Amazing They're just struggling. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't think people are looking for like perfect singers anymore. Right. I think they just want like people Passable who can kind of, yeah. Yeah. Or, or at the very least people who can do both singing and acting without like clearly struggling with one or the other. Yeah. I think that like, with the way like Les Mis was done when they were like, Oh, we're not dubbing anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, that might have contributed a little bit to that just because like now people are like, Oh, you know, they have to sing. And I'm like, eh, I, uh, I don't know. I don't care about authenticity anymore. I think they also like, were really playing it up like to the point where it was kind of a gimmick and yeah. not that impressed. Like, uh, yeah, I understand it's, like, hard to sing live, but, like, Broadway people do that every day. Right. And, I, uh, you yeah. know, I was so... Yeah, it's harder uh, with, when there's cameras in your face, but, like, I don't know. It's, it's fine. I was kind of unblown away by it because um, Across the Universe did it before that. Oh, right. Yeah. I always forget about Across the Universe. Um, it's coming up some point when the random number generator lands on it but um when god decides but i think that this was uh, i think that this was sort of a cool little piece of hollywood history too in showing that there was a time when we shifted from silent movies to talkies oh yeah i think it's it's always fun to ha- i because I think it's a, a humbling reminder that, like, every single thing we have was considered, like, low class because it was new. Yeah. It's like, bizarre to watch the, you know, the people in the movie be like, oh, you know, it's a novelty that we could hear them talk. Yeah, because at the time, that was just a gimmick. It yeah. was just, but, but now it's like, if, it would if be a, there's it's no a gimmick sound, if it's that's a silent an art movie. film. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like it doesn't even count. What was it's, the one that came out years ago? The artist. The artist. The artist. Yeah. That was a silent movie, and that was the gimmick. And that what? Yeah, we've come full circle. <laughs> now the silent movies are the gimmick. And it, guess who won Best Picture that year? It was that one because it was the film industry like sucking its own dick. Essentially, I did like the artist. I, I, I thought it was a good. Never saw it. Um. It's good. It's fun. I'll, I'll um, check it out at some point. But it is it it is funny to like people because even just thinking about things we have now that we didn't have five years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. It was it was looked down upon, and now it's it's just everywhere. It's common practice. Yeah, like little thing, not just like talking movies, but like little things, like uh. Uh, like dating apps that yeah. was considered like gross and maybe that, less than 10 years ago. And now like a third of the couples that, you know, met on a dating app. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of the, even like, remember the first person like you knew that like got an iPhone. Yeah. And everyone was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. But also like, what the fuck? And like, no. Oh yeah, I was one of those people who was like, I don't want an iPhone because I don't like touch screens. Like they make me uncomfortable. But now it's like, you can't not have a touch screen. Yeah, 
it's I don't yeah, you you would have to go out of your way to get a flip phone, which like And if I had a flip phone, people would think I'm selling drugs. Yeah. Or like uh, it's kind of become a thing in in like comedy where like some successful comics are like, yeah, I just want to tune out, don't want to be on social media, and then like they get a flip phone. But yeah. like it it's a gimmick at that point. And like My uncle still has a flip phone. I've uh, I've thought about it. My my girlfriend has two iPhones. Um, well, because because uh, she has, so you could get a flip phone because uh, she has enough for the two of you. So you're good. Yeah, but she lives in Europe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, fine. But but I mean, she has she has two for work. But like, it's it's confusing because she'll text me from both of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. Yeah, like you said, it just shows that, like, anything we have that, like, we take for granted now was at one point seen as, like, something that we were like, oh, that's interesting, and but also not important. Yeah, like, that's not going to catch on, or that's cheap, or that's a gimmick. It's funny hearing in this movie, it's not just, like, talking pictures. It's, I think Debbie Reynolds' character says at one point, like, being in movies at all is low class. I'm a stage actress. Um, I like we just keep going deeper. I would argue though that that is something of a mentality today to some extent. Um, that's true. That's fair. And I mean, they talk about the different aspects of like performance. I don't even know what it would be, but like performance, where like if you're a writer. TV is where you want to go. If you're a director, movies is where you want to go. But if you're an actor, theater is where you go. Yeah, I think a lot of it is snobbery. Yeah. Like, I I think when things become more accessible to more people, people don't like it. They're like, well, how am I going to brag about knowing about this thing if all of you can see it? Yeah. Like, it's... Like, Netflix, like... You guys watched that on Netflix? Like, I went to Blockbuster, and I got it when it first came out. Yeah. So, like, get more points. It's Like, just because it's more available to more people doesn't lessen the value. But we and feel like is, it does. Yeah, and theater, by design, is less accessible. Yeah. Like, it just, by nature, it just costs more money and is harder to get to. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean movies can't be as good but we we knew that we figured that out i think for the most part yeah Yeah. i i'm sure there are some some snobs i'm sure there are people that think it one way or the you know i i mean you know just even like being someone in a creative field i end up thinking i'm like you know what i do is more pure than what other people but like also (laughs) like you know i'm saying that here jokingly but like also like i know that there are people that think that Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, I heard somewhere that uh, the the Far Side comics, like uh, Gary Larson, like didn't want people posting them online because he insisted you had to like hold it in your hand. Just you had to fair. like have it. I'm, I guess, but it's like, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where like I. I insist on buying physical, you know, physical books. And then like, Oh, see, I don't do Kindles. Yeah. 
But like also to some extent I end up thinking like is that a little bit pretentious where like anyone else could read on a Kindle, kinda. I mean, I'm not against Kindles. It's just I like the smell of a book. I like yeah. holding it. I like having it. That's just me though. Yeah. But if someone else wants a Kindle, fine. It probably saves a lot of paper. But like I like my my little book collection. Yeah. I'm it's literally nice lying next to a book. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, so in a way, this is a very romantic film in the sense that like, it's sort of, it shows that movie, it, it shows a time when movies weren't necessarily viewed as a serious art form, but also yeah. like, this is like the most movie movie. Right. So it is about itself. It's very meta. Yeah. Um, and I read that Gene Kelly basically just made this to get out of a studio contract. Um, Which is wild. Cause this is like the most known thing yeah. he's ever done. But I guess while he made it, he was like making fun of the people that like he was con- contracted by. Oh, okay. So. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Um, um, where like, uh, the, the RF character, the big executive is like the executive that he had to pay up to and things like that. And, but also, you know, the other thing I read is he was a bit of a perfectionist and like a real hard, like he was hard to work with. I, yeah, I heard that he was kind of a dick to Debbie Reynolds. Because she wasn't a dancer, which, like, put yourself in her shoes for a minute. She had never done a big movie like this before, I don't think. She was 19 years old, dancing for the first time in her life with two of the best dancers on the planet. And she would commute three hours to the set every day. Really? Yeah. She would sometimes sleep at the set, but, you know, still... Ugh. She lived three hours away, had to and take like she, three buses. I She said something in an interview that was like, the two hardest things I've ever had to do were good morning and childbirth. <laughs> it was like uh, such a strain for her. It would be like, if you watch that good morning choreography again, it's fucking hard. Like even for professional dancers, it's hard. It's like a long athletic fast number that doesn't really forward the plot. Like they could have cut it out, but it's so iconic. And Um, it's, it's a great song. I'm just, it's a great song and it's so impressive to watch. Like just watching their feet the whole time is amazing. The idea that one of one out of the three of them wasn't a professional having a panic attack and didn't know what she was doing. Like I feel for her. She did a great job. I just pulled it up again and I'm watching it silently. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it's yeah. Everything about everything about this was really impressive. You know, despite, despite the, the, the issues with story, which is really the only thing I can like point out. Yeah. Um, even, uh, we haven't even talked about the, uh, the plot. no, no, the the title number. Also very impressive. Uh, 
yeah, I, I, I don't know what there is to say about, I don't It's, there have been so many different versions of it. Right. Like it's been done and redone over and over and over again because it's so iconic. And I love all of the different versions of it. Um, I like, I've like binge watched like people recreating the scene and they just, they're all fantastic. Like I'll, people do remixes of it and like, it's so easy to do. I'll have to look into that because I haven't, the only re redo I know of it is a clockwork orange. Um, oh, that's not what I'm talking right, about. Right. I, I know, I know, which <laughs> <laughs> I understand, but <laughs> that's, that's the closest thing I can think of. And right. like, obviously like I know, you know, I've known the song for forever because it's, an insanely I, popular and famous song. I like know of four different like EDM remixes of it that I, <laughs> <laughs> that I really like. Um, I know Usher did it. Like he just recreated this scene and it's good. He's, he's really good. I, uh, I believe that I could see that. So it, it's, it's just so simple and clean and happy and it was done when uh, Gene Kelly was incredibly sick. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. That like the second he was done filming, he just like vomited into a trash can. Um, that that probably of of all the things that I read about this, you know, after watching it, is that like a lot of people got sick after various dance numbers. I wonder why. Was it just that strenuous, or was there just something going around? Part of it was was strenuous. Uh, One, I forget who it was and what number it was specifically, but it was that he smoked four packs of cigarettes a day. (laughs) Okay, well, I mean, a lot of people did back then. And was just Uh, winded at that point. Yeah, I guess if you smoke four packs of cigarettes a day and you also dance like that, yeah, you're you're gonna get fucked up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he only took one take. Let me see if I could find what I'd read about the. Um, Debbie Reynolds had blisters, had uh, burst blood vessels in her feet after Good Morning. Yeah. Um, Donald O'Connor recalled. I was smoking four packs of cigarettes a day then, and getting up those walls was murder. They had to bank one wall so I could make it up, and then through another. We filmed that whole sequence in a day, and we did it on a concrete floor. My body just had to absorb this tremendous shock. Things were building to such crescendo, uh, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't have the thing. For the Make Him Laugh number, Gene Kelly asked Donald O'Connor to revive a trick he had done as a young dancer, running up a wall and completing a somersault. The number was so physically taxing that O'Connor, who smoked four packs of cigarettes a day at the time, ended up in a hospital bed for a week after its completion. He suffered from exhaustion and painful carpet burns. Unfortunately, an accident ruined all of the initial footage, so after a brief rest, Connor, ever the professional, agreed to do the difficult number all over again. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. It's just, I, I always hear about, like, not just this movie, just movies made at the time. Everything was so hands-on and so practical. Yeah. They didn't rely as much on, like, you know, heavy editing and making it look like it was 
like everyone did everything themselves basically i mean not to sound not to sound like like an old person but like you know this people probably can't do dance not people can't obviously people do and like especially in live theater there's very talented dancers but like if if you were to remake this movie the same way today you your star wouldn't be doing all the dancing they would be no they, they would be they would have a body double there might be some cgi help you know there would be you know, wires and things, which they didn't have then. And to some extent, it's all more impressive because of it. Yeah. I mean, it was also like, there was like that period of time where, um, I'm not saying this doesn't happen now, but I feel like it happened way more than when like, if a director wanted a shot, they would just make it happen. I like the thing I read about, like, you know, because filming back then, I guess, was since everything was done so practically, it was just like hell because you couldn't edit anything yeah. in. So you just had to live it for it. Like the the fact that like in The Exorcist, all they wanted was the effect of the girl. You could see her breath because like she's being possessed by a demon. So to get that effect, they just filmed in a fucking refrigerator. Like yeah. everyone in that room is like freezing, freezing to their bones filming for hours at a time. Yeah. Like that, that's like not okay. Now they would just like edit that shit yeah, in they would del- and that's not that yeah. difficult. I mean, you know, just even watching, like I, I'm sure the rain was artificial, but having the, the singing in the rain sequence, you know, he, there's water coming down on him. He's wet. <laughs> He's wet and sick. When yeah. I'm sick, I don't want to be wet. Oh, one the last thing I want. <laughs> but like you know, ha- he had a fever and he's doing all this and like the water's probably either burning hot or freezing cold. Realistically, I doubt it's yeah. room temperature. I doubt it's like a nice shower. When and, I'm sick, I can't like move to the yeah. side to like adjust the blanket on myself. That yeah. I can't do that. And, you know, he's, you know, waving an umbrella, you know, going fucking wild. I think that's what this movie, uh, it's not, in terms of, like, movie musicals, it's not, like, one of my faves ever. Like, I have others I love more. But just in terms of dancing, I think I'm, I just love good tap dancing. Yeah. (laughs) Because I can't, it's, it's a thing I cannot do. Oh, I... Learned. I'm just endlessly impressed by watching people do things I can't do. And I, that's one of them. I learned to tap dance for one show in high school. And mm-hmm. it fucking sucked. I, I heard it. it. I hear it's hard. It's hard. And like, I was also the worst one at it. Like, I got it in showtime, but like, it took me a long time to get. I was the last person that had to tap dance that knew it what show was it for was it for like a musical it was it was a stage adaptation of some like it hot oh that's that's fun it's eh, eh. (laughs) i didn't know that i i think i knew that was a thing i I wasn't really aware of it i think it's called sugar Hmm. 
I can't totally. It's whatever Marilyn Monroe's character's name is in Some Like It Hot, which I think is Sugar. Okay. But it's, you know, it, it's a fine, like, musical sort of in the sense that, like, you know, you go, you watch. Mm-hmm. If you like Some Like It Hot, you'd probably like Sugar, but, like, it's. I do like Some Like It Hot. But, like, it's not a particularly memorable musical. But, okay. like, there's a big. The gang all has has to tap dance and uh mm-hmm. not fun <laughs> i i mean i know as so admittedly yes sometimes i watch so you think you can dance and i kind of love it uh i i know they make all of the dancers do every style yeah except tap they oh, really? just like for the most They'll have tap dancers on the show. Like some of the people competing are professional tap dancers, and they make them do everyone else's genre. They don't make anyone do tap who can't do it because it's like a different. I mean, if they have, I haven't seen it happen. Um, I have no idea. I've never watched. So you think you can dance? So I I just watch it and it just in awe. (laughs) I, I like I like watching people do things I can't do. In peak physical condition while I, I eat my chips. I should, <laughs> I should check it out. I feel like I would, in, you know, I like, I like watching good dancing when, when I do. But, oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's very watchable. Uh, one of the things I also read about this that I guess was a, the standard practice at the time, but uh, all the tap sounds in the movie are dubbed in. Yes, but by Gene Kelly. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I think. Uh, I have no idea. I just read that, like, I think that Debbie Reynolds, for one of the songs, said, like, oh, can you just use what we filmed? And he was like, no, we have... Or I think maybe he told her he would, and then, like, he was like, no, we still have to dub it in. That's crazy, because... Dubbing it in, I would think, would add an extra layer of difficulty because you also have to time it perfectly to the footage. To be totally honest, I would think that it'd be easier. How so? You could, if you're just recording the sounds, you know, you just have to watch the footage and, like, tap a shoe next to a recorder. Mm-hmm. Like, in the, in the right sound. And granted, it was probably much more difficult at the time, but... Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Now it would, be, it would be nothing. Yeah, I don't see any tap dancing in movies anymore. <laughs> um, there isn't any. No, not really. No. There, aren't, there aren't as many, like, m- musicals like this. No, and when they are, that's part of the gimmick. Yeah. Like, um, La La Land was, like, about itself. Yeah. Um, where, I can't even think of, like, a recent musical. Like, like real, like, true blue musical that's, like... A recent movie musical? That's kind of that's been its that. own thing. To, well, <laughs> But I mean that—that's like but that like, is its own, its own thing. thing not based yeah. on a, uh, no. Yeah. No. Right. Speaking of cats, when I was in Europe, I went to the movies with my girlfriend, and we saw the preview for Cats, and she was like, "That looks really good," and I'm like, 
what am I even doing in this relationship? <laughs> no, she has good taste. I like her. Oh, I, <laughs> terrible. What am I even doing on this podcast? <laughs> but, oh, uh, I can't wait to see cats, and it's going to change my entire life. I don't know how, but it will. I mean, you know, Taylor Taylor Swift just did Lover, and it was great. So who knows? Maybe, maybe cats will be great. Mm. But uh, yeah, should we talk about the plot to this a little <laughs> bit? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because sure. that's my only gripe. I feel like the whole beginning sequence was weird. Uh, you mean the whole like, the mo- which beginning sequence the the montage montage. yeah that that sequence was bizarre to me because they did again like an incredible tap number and people started booing them and i cannot figure out why like just to show that they were struggling but like enough for people to boo the the whole the whole plot plot doesn't make sense like like to some extent, to, to like a big extent, I'll actually say because like in which way the the Lena Lamont character like there's no one that that's that eh, that's that dumb. Oh, I love her. I so I love her at the end, but like when she's like she's like we're dating, right? And he's like, no, we're not. <laughs> I love. I love villains that, like, aren't really villains. They're just, like, out looking out for themselves. They're yeah. not, like, devious. They're just stupid and have no sense of the world. Yeah. And she's just, like, she's just, like, living her life. Yeah. And trying to have a good time. But in the process, she's annoying as hell. She's just annoying. I like villains that are annoying. <laughs> I I don't, but <laughs> you know, I don't know. I well, I think part of it is too is because for for most most of the movie this this doesn't really have a villain, and it yeah. only springs up that she's the villain at the end at the very end too. Because I was like, oh, she's going to be in the dark for the whole thing, and then she's going to be mad. Yeah, she's barely a villain. I wouldn't even yeah. qualify her as a villain. She's just an irritating. Uh, mole yeah. on the face of this movie. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like the fact that they even showed the movie when the audio was terrible is kind of yeah. like also my favorite part. <laughs> but you know, to just hear like you know, see Gene Hagen going. Yes, yes, yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. I love it. But I also I think the some of the scenes with them tr- like trying really hard to get her to say the lines right and yeah. Like that's just it that's just good comedy. That's just yeah. good shit. Just trying to get a that's basic like how to write comedy 101 is like there's a dumb person who is trying to do what you want them to do, and it's so simple, and they can't do it, and that's it. Yeah, it's it's great. Have you seen? Um, I saw this a while ago. A video floating around of the act, the voice actors from SpongeBob dubbing famous movie scenes. 
No, but I've heard of that. The actual, I highly recommend it. One of them is that scene. Okay. I'll. And it's the voice actor who, I believe the actor who plays Patrick as the Gene Hagen character (laughs) and Squidward as the director. I'll, I'll take a look into that. Yeah. Because I've, I've heard that that's a popular thing where like, when famous voice actors go to like conventions and stuff, they'll do like famous movies just as their characters. And I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. They, they also did, uh, the Godfather and I think Goodfellas. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I'd watch. It's like a few, it's like a few short scenes. I have to look this up. I haven't seen it in a while. It's great. Um, I'm going to see if I can cue that up. Um, (laughs) But um, in, in my opinion, the singing in the rain one is the best. Like, yeah. it's, it's so fun, like, hearing those voices come out of that, those faces. I'll, uh, I've Googled it, so I'll, I'll see if I could find it at some point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, oh, you know, I should just type in singing in the rain. I'm so stupid. <laughs> Sings Old Town Road is what comes up first. No, that's not it. Although I'm sure whatever that is, is great. Cast of SpongeBob dub classics. Okay. That's it. So I'll do that. Um, But yeah, I don't, I feel like plot wise, this movie did have a lot of problems. Um, But I also feel like that's not the important part of it. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, I, I don't think, I think it's just a pretty, like, cute romantic comedy. Yeah. And don't put those under a microscope. Um, but, I, I mean, because, you know, there are some things you suspend your disbelief for. But, like, in terms of being, like, a historical relic, it's very good. And yeah. I think it is pretty written i i think so too and i think that like the only part that i really actively disliked was the big broadway number oh that part is very long and i think that's the only reason i disliked it because it was i like that number for pure spectacle alone well it had a lot of very impressive cool things in it it's just the fact that it was a musical number without purpose that went on way too long. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it was way too long yeah. and it did absolutely nothing, but I, and I get, I get why people don't like that number. Cause I hear yeah. a lot of people don't like that bit. Okay. Um, and that makes me, me who like, even me, like I enjoy it, but I still think it could have been, you know, edited down quite a bit. Uh, but I still enjoy it. Like, I I think there's still enough spectacle. Like, I think I turn, I think when I watch any like movie musical, I just like turn into a 1930s little child. Who's like, yes, magic. The singing and dancing at the same time. You're singing and dancing at the same time, Pa. Sing, dance, and act. (laughs) One day I'm going to move to the big city and do that, too. I'll leave this farm town. (laughs) I developed a southern accent. (laughs) Um, 
I have a little propeller hat and going <laughs> to the movies with my papa. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Otherwise, I think that this is this is almost a perfect movie. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I've if we've watched anything else on here that's as just one hundred percent enjoyable. Like this is short. It's not like two and a half hours long. Like yeah. um, there's that one part another... feels long, but that's it. I mean. I mean, Shark Boy and Lava Girl obviously gives this a run for its money. Um, but as the classic, this yeah. glitter. Um, yeah, this is a close second, but. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was a. I don't know. There's, there's not a lot of bad to say about it, which I'm happy about. No, I did. Um, I know I the more I hear about how like miserable Debbie Reynolds was on set, uh, it makes me sad. But I think, I think overall, like this is such an incredible. You started smiling as you said that <laughs> you were going to say the more miserable Debbie Reynolds is, the more I enjoyed it. She's my <laughs> mortal <No>! enemy. <laughs> I don't want to make her suffer. Um, I, well, she's dead. So, um, I know. I'm uh, still sad. I I saw there was I forgot on what talk show, but Billy Lord, who is her uh granddaughter and Carrie Fisher's daughter, um Billy Lord was talking about how like cuz Billy Lord's an actress now too. Right. But growing up uh, Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds, her mother and gr- grandmother, were telling her, like, don't act ever. And one of the things they did was Debbie Reynolds showed her a diary she kept while she was oh, filming man. Singing in the Rain. And it was just like, they made me wax my eyebrows. I hate it here. <laughs> like, and it was just a terrible time. Which, but, you know. Can't it, blame it, her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Billy Lord didn't listen to her. She's an yeah. actress now, but I think times are different. I think, you know. You'd hope so. I'd hope so. I'd hope she she can uh, have more rights on yeah. set. I, I also feel like people won't let crazy, not crazy, like control freaks do their shit anymore as much. Maybe. I also think uh, if you're... Uh, the granddaughter of a legend and the daughter of another legend, uh, people yeah. just gotta fucking leave you alone. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope. Probably. You never know. Um, but yeah. Um, what's your favorite musical number from this? Um, that's a good question. I'm going to be basic and say singing in the rain. I, I was going to do that. If you didn't, (laughs) Uh, there's a reason for it. Right. And it's the name of the movie, you know? And it's like, I mean, it's a, it's a, a, a chump answer, I guess. Yeah. It's it's a good answer. I mean, close, close second. I like to make them laugh. Um, I love make them laugh. That's, a really nice song i also think that's because i from doing stand-up i'm like all right make them laugh you know it's it's yeah. cynical for me um mm-hmm. but yeah i think that 
I don't know. There's so many great songs in this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning is great. Good morning. Uh, honestly, I, the number that they do where they're dancing with fiddles, like, <laughs> like, that, is it a great song? Not necessarily, but like. The the only one I, I didn't like. Dancing with fiddles. The only one I didn't like was when they were like enunciating. Moses supposes. Moses supposes. That one's that one's pretty stupid, but it's also a, a just a fun yeah. dance. It was like, oh, we wrote this. We need to put these scenes in where they're enunciated. <laughs> yeah. Um, which you know, for so the other thing they wrote the musical numbers came first in this. It's not like they were like, oh, you know, we want to make this movie about movies and then like came out pretty good. Technically this is a jukebox musical, I guess. Like, I I mean, I think people would probably like behead me if I insisted it was a jukebox musical, but like by legal definition, it kind of is. Yeah. And, uh, probably the best one at that. If we're going to, yeah, I mean, I can't, uh, what, what's it up against Xanadu? Is Xanadu a jukebox musical though? Yes. Is it? Isn't it? Yeah, of course it, uh, it definitely is. So I, I saw Xanadu on Broadway years ago, so I don't remember. Um, but are, the songs are all like very popular on their own, like eighties pop songs, aren't they? Um, I'm checking. Um, I mean, so so I don't know this just because I'm just checking Wikipedia and checking it relatively quick, but it seems like for the most part they were originals originals no. that were written by ELO. What? In Xanadu? Yes. But I don't Am I Am I getting mixed up? Are you thinking of Rock of Ages? No. I'm... Hmm. I I could have sworn all the songs in Xanadu were, like, famous before Xanadu. Um, I mean, I guess it's possible that they were all just ELO songs. But I don't know that. Um... Yeah, wait, like, Evil Woman was, wait a minute, really? I don't know, I think it counts as a jukebox musical, I don't think it was written, because the the movie is from 1980, I don't know, I'm going to lose sleep over this. Um, so I just pulled up a list of jukebox musicals on, uh... Mm-hmm. Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So it's got. I don't. Let me. 
So it has Xanadu, but it has Xanadu the stage musical. But that's because okay. it's Electric Light Orchestra and Olivia Newton-John. So I don't really know. Hmm. Oh, maybe it's not a jukebox musical. My whole life is a lie. I thought these were all, like, from before. And, I mean, I'd, I'd debate whether certain things count as jukebox musicals or not. Because, mm-hmm. like, like, the Carol King musical is technically a jukebox musical, but it's about Carol King. So, like, is it still a... Ju- That's true. Like, is, is Jersey Boys a jukebox musical, or uh, it's like a biopic musical? Didn't Green Day have a musical? That's a jukebox musical. See, but because I, it wasn't about Green Day, right? Right, but it's based on... I never saw it. It was based on their rock opera, which like okay. is the stage version of Tommy a jukebox musical. Yes, I think so because. But if it was ri- actually, if it was written, I don't know. Uh, this is this is a debate for another time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, we'll, we'll have to no, see when guess- we get to a jukebox musical. <laughs> A proper. Um, wow, this is the time I thought Xanadu was a jukebox musical. Um, oh, there's like, that new one, not- the Bob Dylan one, Girl from the North Country. That's like uh-huh. all Bob Dylan songs, but narrating like an original story. I don't know. Which okay. is just weird. I don't know. Everything's strange. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. That Britney Spears musical that's going to come out, jukebox musical. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, Escape to Margaritaville probably a jukebox musical. Oh, probably. Um, and Bad Out of the Hell the musical just came out. Is that a jukebox musical? If it's based on the album, I don't know. I I don't know. I guess. Is it not a jukebox musical if it's based on a plot that was conceived by the songwriters? Well, so that's what I would say is the disqualifying factor. Is like if it was intended to be a story and then it was adapted as a Broadway musical, probably not. But okay, I could also see the case where it is. Hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. If that's true, then I can't think of any jukebox musicals. I don't know what a jukebox musical is. Um, there was one I wanted to see when I was younger. Now I don't think I would. Called We Will Rock You, where it's the music of Queen. Oh, um, that's a thing? Yeah. Um, mm. And that, uh, what's it called? That, that Bruce Springsteen movie just came out. Where, Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. Where I don't think it's a musical, he has a, but like it's. I don't know. Uh, I don't even. Is it about Bruce Springsteen or is it no, using Bruce Springsteen? It uses his songs. It's uh, Blinded by the Light, Inspired by the Life of Journalist, His Love for the Works. Um, 
The film tells the coming-of-age story of Javed, a British-Pakistani Muslim teenager whose life has changed after he discovers the music of Bruce Springsteen. Which, like, I'm sure it's cool, but on paper sounds weird as shit. It does. Oh, Across the Universe. Yeah, Across the Universe. That's a jukebox musical, 100%. There we go. I found, we found one. That's definitely a jukebox musical. The one we mentioned at the beginning of yeah. recording. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about jukebox musicals or Singing in the Rain or Gene Kelly or Usher? Um. Is there a is is there a musical act that should make a musical out of an album that hasn't? I actually should could. Well, so <laughs> I could go into this for a long time because I think about this a lot. Kind <laughs> um, of worms. There, there are. So there are two albums I really want turned into musicals, like stage musicals, because I think they'd be interesting. Um, okay. One is the work of Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties. Um, okay. Because it's, it's all fiction. Um, it basically, it's the lead singer of the Wonder Years playing this guy, Aaron West, and the first album is the guy's the worst year of his life. His wife leaves him after miscarrying and his dad dies. And like, he ends up going down this path of alcoholism and like suicidal thoughts. And then like, after that, he like, there's an EP where he starts rebuilding his life and things get better. And then like, there's a single where he, uh, spreads his dad's ashes. And then on the next album, he kind of goes back home and starts piecing his life together after finalizing his divorce. And since it's all... I mean, that's... It's, it's a compelling enough story. But if... Yeah. But it's all told from his perspective. So I'd be okay. curious... I'd want to see it expanded to get other aspects of the story, but also see how the songs get fleshed out with other characters. Um, yeah. I can see that working. And the other one is an album called Tallahassee by the Mountain Goats, um, which Mm -hmm. I can't recommend enough um, because it's a story that the lead singer of the Mountain Goats had been writing since he started writing songs as the Mountain Goats. And it culminated in this album called Tallahassee, where it's just this story of this alcoholic self-destructive couple that are just like chasing death and like they they've they're married but they shouldn't be and like big culminating musical number is called no children and in it you know it's just the one screaming at the other i hope you die i hope we both die and it's amazing and uh i mean uh that sounds compelling enough. I could see that yeah. working on a grander scale. So my vote is those two works. Hmm. And then more I've heard people say they want the Black Parade. <laughs> I Well, so that was the other thing my mind went I'm to. Not saying it would, I'm not saying it would be a great 
but I see, I could see it having potential. I well, I, could I see someone trying to do it. I felt like that one was too obvious. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I've heard, I've heard people say that before. Yeah. Um, is there any that comes to mind for you? No, I don't think so. Not off the top of my head. I heard, Reg- actually, I heard Regina Spector was toying with the idea. I could see that happening. That would probably be um, a pretty good one. I could see that. I could see that working. But uh, other than that, no, not not off the top of my head. I'd have to think about this more and come back with a better answer. Next episode. <laughs> Homework. Um, okay, cool. Do you have anything else you want to say about singing in the rain? No, it's it's just great. It's perfect. It's almost perfect. For the almost perfect. Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh.